Good morning. Welcome, welcome. Thanksgiving. This is a different Thanksgiving Sunday, isn't it? It's a different Thanksgiving year. Thanksgiving 2020. We'll never forget it. But we can be thankful in the midst of that because God is with us. God hasn't left us. We can count on him even in the midst of even some bad thing, pandemic. But God is with us. I think that's the point that I'm trying to make. That, that even, even when we don't see uh, a reason, and there may not be a reason. We may never know a reason. Again, it's just sometimes some things happen. But we can see God's still with us at work in us. So in no way do I see, do I see the headaches or anything else as a blessing. But I think we can still be, as, as Paul says, we can still be thankful in all circumstances that in the midst of those troubling times, in the midst of those problems, God is with us. It's not that none of us are going to say, Yahoo, 2020 pandemic, Yahoo. We're not going to say that. That's not the response. But maybe a better way of seeing it they say, well, you know what, if, if Jesus wasn't with us during these times, where would we be? Can I say it that way? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the healer of my soul. Rob, you just said, you just said you haven't been healed. Totally, you still have them. I know, up here hasn't totally been healed. But like the song we sang, it, I can still proclaim, it is well with my soul. Even in the midst of a pandemic, even in, in a crazy Thanksgiving year, it can be well with my soul because Jesus is with us. Now, I know the problem with this, you can hear that Jesus is with me. I, you know, I can trust in Jesus. Jesus will get me through the story. You can hear those things. But it almost sounds like a Sunday school answer. You know what I mean. You've heard the old story of the kid in Sunday school. The Sunday school teacher says, what's, what's brown, has a fuzzy tail, gathers nuts. And the kid says, oh, it sure sounds like a squirrel, but I know I'm in Sunday school. It's got to be Jesus, you know. <laughs> and it almost sounds like that's a Sunday school answer. When we say, oh, Jesus is with us, Jesus is with us. And Jesus is with us. You in the sanctuary, you at home, Jesus is with us. But I wish we weren't just in this setting. I wish we were, were just you and me. And maybe, I don't know, if Starbucks are open, maybe we go to Starbucks and over a cup of coffee. I got my first uh, peppermint mocha of the season yesterday. Maybe we'd, you know, have, have one of those, something like that. And I'd look you, I'd look you square in the eye and I'd say, how are you doing really? And you would feel safe and honest. And you'd say, Rob, you know, uh, this pandemic has been brutal. And, and I am not doing all that great. And I've got loved ones who have been sick or maybe even have passed away. And I'm lonely and I'm confused and I'm tired and I'm troubled. And if you're teaching your kids at home, you're saying, ah, you know, fifth grade math isn't like fifth grade math when I was in the fifth grade. And it's, and it's hard. And I, and I seem to lose my temper more often. And I seem to be... Uh, uh, I'm dealing with depression, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a mess. Listen, if that's you, if that's where you're at this Thanksgiving, if you're struggling to, 
to, to, to, to have a thanksgiving, kind of like I was 10 years ago. And so this is what I'd want you to hear. You're, you're not alone. And we're in this together. And we can trust in Jesus. You, I know that sounds so Sunday schoolish, but it's true. You can trust in Jesus. This isn't, this isn't a count your blessings type of sermon. I, I'm supposed to preach a count your blessings type of sermon, I think, on Thanksgiving Sunday. This is more of a what if you can't count your blessings kind of sermon. And we can count our blessings. I get that. You know, we just we're celebrating the, the medical debt relief. We, we helped, we helped almost eight, what, almost 7,300 families, 7,294 families to uh, average of $1,200. That's certainly awesome. That's a count your blessings thing. We can count our blessings. Pastor Livengood also helps out with the, and, and leads the, the effort on our food distribution. We've given out over 600,000 pounds of food. I think this past week, what they say, 18, 19 pallets every day, every, you know, twice a week of giving away all that food. It's been awesome, a huge blessing. We can count that blessing. And we've helped Olivet students start a new scholarship this year. And of course, all of this fancy schmancy sound system, you can hear me, I can hear you. All that wonderful, wonderful. There's a lot of things we can count our blessings, but what if you don't, what if you're not feeling very thankful this year? What, what if, if you're thinking, you know, let's just, skip, let's just skip Thanksgiving. I'll just stay at home, eat a can of turkey noodle soup. The only thing that hasn't changed about things, the lions will still lose, but other than that, let's just skip it. Let's just skip it. Can I remind you that Jesus is with us? That has not changed. Jesus is here. He is with us in here. He's up in the balcony. He's with you at home. Jesus is with us. And maybe like me 10 years ago, maybe, maybe he, he will look at that, that source of greatest angst, that source of greatest worry, that source of, of greatest concern. And he'll point to that in your life and he'll say, right there, right there. In the midst of that, you know, we're... Can you be thankful there? And you'll say, no, Lord, I can't be thankful for that circumstance. You'll say, I'm not thankful either about that, but can you be thankful that I've been with you? Can I be thankful that, that I'm seeing you through? Can you be thankful that, that I haven't left you? Can you be thankful that even in the midst of that terrible circumstance, that terrible situation, that I am still here with you, that you've made it this far, and with me, you'll make it even farther. Can you, can you be thankful for that? See, I don't believe God sends the garbage in your life. God didn't send, didn't send migraines to me. God didn't send cancer, doesn't send cancer. God did not cause this pandemic. Don't ever think that. God, did, God doesn't send those terrible, terrible things. God doesn't send abusers into people's lives. It's not to make you better, stronger, whatever. None of that. That is not from the Lord. There was, it is a ripple effects of living in a broken world. There was no pandemic in the Garden of Eden. There were no migraines in the Garden of Eden. There was no cancer there. There was no abusers there. We are living with the residual effects of a broken world. But listen, lean into Jesus in this broken, broken, broken world and hear him say what he said in John 16. Take heart. Take heart. For I have overcome the world. Take heart, my friend. You are not alone. Will you let Jesus help you? Will, you? will you let him heal you? 
Will you let him take those worst possible moments of your life and remind you that he's, he's with you even there? Will you return to Jesus again? In Luke 17, there's a very interesting story. Jesus is making his way towards Jerusalem. It's, it's going to be his final trip to Jerusalem. He knows that at the end of that trip, he's going to be arrested and tried and beaten and crucified. There's a lot on his mind, no doubt. And as he's making this trip, he's encountered by 10 lepers, Luke tells us. Now, as you know, you've heard, you've heard sermons. You've probably heard sermons on this story before. You know the deal about leprosy. You know, now it's treatable. Now we don't even call it leprosy. It's Hansen's disease. Now there's, there's treatment, and we don't have pe- put people in leper colonies. But in the first century, horrible, right? It was a death sentence. There, there, there could be really almost no worse disease because you were banished. You, were, you know, we quarantine people now, but, but it was even worse than banished, banished, banished had to cry out unclean. It's a horrible thing, couldn't worship. And so these 10 lepers encountered Jesus. And Luke tells us that they stood at a distance, socially distancing, first century. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Imagine these 10 guys. This, this, this would have been the, the moment that they had been praying for. They had heard about Jesus. They heard that he had healed lepers. And so no doubt they had had these conversations. You know what? If we, just, if we could just see Jesus, how are we ever going to see Jesus? We're on the outskirts of town. We'll never get a chance to see Jesus. But if we could just see Jesus, if we could see him, he's healed lepers before. He, could not just, he wouldn't just call out to us, you know, sorry, fellas, have a nice day. Well, I'll be praying for you. No, he could heal us. He could make us well. He could put an end to this long nightmare if we just saw Jesus. And then they saw Jesus. This is the answer to their prayers. So, of course, they're going to cry out to him, Jesus, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And you know what Jesus does? It's not even like the, the, the leper in Luke 5. In Luke 5, Luke tells how Jesus encountered another leper. And in that occasion, Jesus went right up to the leper, something you were not supposed to do, and he touched him, something you were really not supposed to do. No, you know, you were no hand sanitizer, no PPE. He went up to the leper and he touched him and boom, totally made well. Jesus doesn't do that here. And it's not like in, in the Old Testament, Nahum was a guy, he was a warrior, he had leprosy, and he went to the prophet Elisha, and he was kind of a, a big shot, and Elisha said, listen, if you want to be cured, go jump in the Jordan River. And Nahum said, I'm not jumping in the Jordan River, it's muddy, it's gross, it's yucky, and it's still muddy, gross, and yucky, but, but Elisha said, if you want healed, that's what you got to do. And so, so eventually Nahum did, he jumped in the Jordan River, and pfft, no more leprosy. But Jesus doesn't touch these guys, and he doesn't tell them to go jump in the Jordan River. He says, go, go show yourself to the priest. And they take off running to the priest, knowing that Jesus wouldn't send them on a wild goose chase, and they start going to the priest. And somewhere along the way, one of them looked down and saw his arm, and it's no longer leprosy, and says, oh, look at my arm. And the other guys do the same, and they look around, and hallelujah, their prayers have been answered. Jesus did exactly what they've been praying for. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hooray. But you know this story, how it goes. Luke tells us the shocking, shocking, shocking news in verse 15. One of them, remember there were 10, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. 
He threw himself at Jesus' feet, no longer socially distancing. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And the big kicker, and he was a Samaritan. Bum, bum, bum. And Jesus sees this guy and quickly asks three questions in kind of rapid order. We're not all ten cleansed? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, all ten were cleansed, Jesus. Where are the other nine? I don't know. I, just, I was just so happy. I just came back. To t- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then the real question. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And really, the heart of Jesus' question is, has no one returned to God except this guy who doesn't know any better. He's a Samaritan. He doesn't know any better. Where are the guys, where are the nine guys that ought to know better? That's the question that really should hit us home. Where are we? Remember Sunday school answer. We know the answer. It's Jesus. Where are we who we should know better? Imagine if Jesus came today. Imagine if Luke was telling the story of Jesus came today. And it's not lepers. Let's say it's 10 people with COVID. 10 people with COVID. They haven't been socially distancing. They're together. They're hanging out. And they say, Jesus coming. You know, he wouldn't be walking today. He'd probably be driving. You know, the old bracelets, WWJD. What would Jesus drive? I I don't know. Maybe he'd be, uh, he probably, we're in Flint. He wouldn't be driving some foreign car. He'd be driving a GM vehicle, right? Maybe he'd be driving the brand new Hummer, you know, the electric Hummer. It's a sweet ride. There it is. That's a sweet, sweet ride. It's all electric. Jesus is, you know, he would want electric. He cares for the environment. He was at the beginning, you know, in the beginning was the word. He cares about the environment. I don't know that he'd want to spend $80,000 for a vehicle, but that's a whole other story. So Jesus is there. I don't know how you'd know it's Jesus. He doesn't have a little fishy thing on his car, but maybe he does. I don't know. But Jesus sees these people and he says, listen, Go, go to Hurley. Get tested. You're going to like the results. And sure enough, all negative. Woohoo! But only one, only one, only one returns. Who would that be? The equivalent of a Samaritan in our culture. Who would be the farthest, farthest, farthest person from God Almighty? Would it be, would it be you know, some, some radical left, left, left person? Or would it be some radical right, right, right person? Would it be, a, you know, a, a, a white supremacist? Would it be a... Uh, uh, I don't know, anti-abortion, you know, anti-God, atheist, atheist, atheist. I don't know. Someone who's never, ever, 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 ever heard the name of Jesus. There's people like that out there. And yet that person comes back and says, hey, thanks. Thanks. And Jesus looks around and says, but where, where are the people that know better? See, I wonder if during this pandemic, what would Jesus say to us? We who know better. We're in church. We're in church. You're at home watching. We know better. We all know better. I know we know better. What would he say to us when we're on this Thanksgiving Sunday counting our woes instead of our blessings, when we, when we seem to be complaining way more, when we're so worried about my kingdom come rather than thy kingdom come, when, when, the, when, when others view Christians so negatively and they sometimes have good reasons for that because of the way Christians have responded or not responded. What would he say to us who know better? 
Would he look around and say, what? Where are they? I don't know. Maybe I don't want to know the answer to that question. I do know what Jesus said to the one guy that came back. And in Luke 17, 19, Jesus looks at this one guy that came back, the Samaritan, the dirty, rotten, stinking Samaritan who came back. And he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, when we read that, we just think, okay, that's wonderful. The guy came back. He throws himself at Jesus' feet. Jesus says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Woohoo! I got to get to Jerusalem. But the readers, the, the readers that Luke was writing to, those very first readers, the first people that are hearing this gospel, when they read that, remember, this is probably, I don't know, 30 years after the resurrection. When they, when they, when they read that, I think it meant a little different than when we read that. Because when they read that, they said, who's saying rise and go? Who's saying rise and go? Sunday school answer, Jesus. Who's Jesus? Sunday school answer, he's the resurrected one. Exactly. The resurrected one, the originator of rise and go, the original one who, rise, who rose and went on Easter morning, says to this guy, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Rise and go into the world. Rise and go. Be the people of God. Rise and go. The one who cleanses lepers, rise and go. The one who makes the blind see, rise and go. That makes sinners whole, rise and go. The one who is transforming this world, rise and go and be the people of God. I think for those of us who know better, that's the same message for us. Those of us, even in the midst of a pandemic, even when there's so many things that we can complain about, even when there's all these situations in our own life that we can say, I'm not very thankful for that. I'm struggling with that. Jesus comes to us and says, rise and go. Be the people of God. You know better. Be the people of God. Sometimes we can get so focused on what is wrong that we miss the power and the glory of God Almighty. There's a great, uh, one of my favorite stories is from a preacher named Tony Campolo. And Tony Campolo, he's in his 80s now. Um, and for most of his life, he lives in Philadelphia. Most of his life, he went to a predominantly African-American church, a black church in Philadelphia. And one year, on Good Friday, he was asked to preach. He and six other preachers, that all the preachers were, were going to be preaching um, from one of the words of the cross, now, I know most of you aren't preachers, but when you are a preacher, and we, I shouldn't admit this, but you know, if you're preaching with seven other, six other preachers, you want to be, you know, you don't want to be the dud in the group. You don't want to be the guy that when everyone's leaving the church goes, you know, those six guys are really good, but that guy, ugh, don't want to hear him again. You don't want to be that guy. And so Tony Campolo, he knew, man, he had to be on, he had to be on. He was preaching, he was number six in the lineup. He was going to be the sixth preacher. And so he knew he had to preach a great sermon in, in, in the time allotted, and he just had to really, you know, give it all. So he got up there to preach, number six. I mean, and he preached his heart out, and he hit a home run. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. They were right in his hand, and he preached this great sermon, and he was just so thrilled. He was going back to his seat, just a big smile on his face. He knew, he knew, he knew he had, he had hit it out of the park. And the last preacher, preacher number, number seven, was the, was the old senior pastor of the church. And he got up to take his turn. And he looked at, at Tony Campolo and he said, boy, the old man is going to do you in. And sure enough, that old preacher got up. And by Tony Campolo's own account, that old guy did him in. And he did it in with just one, 
one line, one phrase that he kept repeating throughout the sermon. He said it over and over and over again. And the phrase was this, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Now that may not sound all that powerful when you hear it. it you know, okay, it's Friday, Sunday's coming. It might not sound like it's that meaningful, but the way he preached it, the way he said it over and over again. I mean, he had a grand, he had a grand slam. He began, he said, it's, it's, it's Friday. It was Friday, and my Jesus was dead on the cross. But Sunday was a coming. A couple of deacons in the front row, they said, amen, preach it, brother, preach it. He said, it was Friday. And Mary was crying her eyes out. And the disciples were scattered, running like sheep without shepherd. But it was only Friday. Sunday was a coming. A few more people in the congregation, they caught on to what was happening. And they started yelling, amen, amen. We need some more ameners in our church from time to time. He said, it was Friday. And the Pharisees thought they had won the day. They were poking each other in the ribs. They were strutting around like, like roosters. They didn't know that it was only Friday. Sunday was a coming. He continued on. It was Friday. And the cynics of the world said, As things have been, so shall they always will be. The world doesn't change. But those cynics didn't know it was only Friday. But Sunday was a coming. He kept repeating it over and over and over again. It's Friday. And Pilate washed his hands of a whole lot of trouble. He thought he was all done. He thought he was back in charge. But what he didn't understand was it was only Friday. But Sunday was a coming. He said it over and over and over again. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. And by the end of the sermon, he shouted out one last time, It was Friday! And the people all stood up and they shouted back, But Sundays are coming! I wish I could tell you this Thanksgiving Sunday. We who are in the midst of a pandemic, we're in the middle of it. It's only Friday. But Jesus is still in charge. And the King of Kings is still alive. And Sundays are coming. He's going to see us through. This isn't the end. This isn't shocking. It's not a Sunday school answer. Jesus is with us. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He looks at us and says, listen, folks, it's only Friday. Sundays are coming. Just hold on. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't let you go. It's only Friday. Sundays are coming if you just hold on. We're going to sing a closing song. It just talks about how great is our God. It's a good song to remind us. It's not a Sunday school answer. Our God is great. We can trust him always. It's Friday. But Sundays are coming. Why don't you stand as we sing this closing song?